Welcome to the Ramble Podcast, hosted by Dave DeBah and presented by Rippin.com. As always, the Ramble Podcast is coming to you live from the Super Plus Rippin.com broadcast studios in the heart of Silicon Valley. Now, to the host that can't stop rambling, Dave DeBah. the ramble we go i am dave devon and i want to talk sports with you north america coming up on the ramble today we go deep i mean deep inside week number nine of the national football league season i'll tell you who the winners were and who the losers were and let's just say (laughs) the new york jets found themselves on the wrong side of history. Plus, a quick look at your National Basketball Association. Some interesting suspensions <laughs> uh, to tell you about. And I have some thoughts on James Harden as a basketball player in the NBA. All of that and a whole lot more coming up on the Ramble today. But we begin, before we get into the National Football League, and I cannot wait, cannot wait to talk about Adam Gase. I'm just saying. (laughs) I always want to add a T to his last name. Can't wait to do it. We're going to get back to the National Football League in just a little bit. But I thought we would start in the NBA today. And I wanted to give you just a quick opinion, if you will, about James Harden and the Houston Rockets. Now, over the years, if you've been listening to the Ramble, um, you know that I've been critical of James Harden over the years, and and a lot of times he sort of deserved it. In fact, I think I was even critical of him last week because after a game where he was miserable shooting the three, he came out and said. Regardless of whether or not they go in, and I'm paraphrasing now, regardless of whether or not they go in, he's just going to keep shooting them. Like, at what point does Mike D'Antonio actually have to jump in and say, look, you're you're running at about 10% from the three-point line, James, and we, we're going to need you to change. But anyways, that's not really what I wanted to cover. And really, I, I know we all, um, a lot of people out there really love basketball, Um, I'm in the Bay Area, and I love the purity, if you will, of what the Golden State Warriors have done over the last five years. I grew up in Southern California and was able to to watch the Showtime era with Kareem and Magic and Byron Scott and Michael Cooper (laughs) and Kurt Rambis when he needed to wear glasses. Um, and, And then, of course, through the Kobe years, and the Shaq years, and then the Kobe years without Shaq. So I've seen a lot of great basketball in my life, regardless of where I've lived. Um, And of course, with all of the um, NBA packages and stuff like that, I'm able to catch just about any game anywhere that I might be in the world. And there are certain teams that I enjoy watching. And I might not even be like a fan of those teams. I mean, I'm a Laker fan and a T-Wolf fan, but I still really appreciate the beauty of what the Golden State Warriors did over the last five years. As for the Houston Rockets, as for James Harden, 
There's absolutely nothing fun. <laughs> I'm telling you right now. Nothing fun when James Harden scores 40 points in a game and 22 of those points actually happen at the free throw line. I'm just saying nothing fun about that North America. All right. Um, I, I think he's, the, the way the Rockets play, they don't pass the ball at all. And I think that's the big, you know, sort of beef I have with the Houston Rockets. I think individually, James Harden can certainly be spectacular. And Russell Westbrook actually looks like he's he's sort of like in gear two. He hasn't gone up to gear three yet. And we haven't seen the turbo, uh, the turbo Russell Westbrook yet so far this year. I think if Harden's ever out for an extended period of time, we're going to see it again. But until then, you can tell Russell Westbrook is sort of toning it down. He's he's toning it down and he's trying to fit into, into the team that is the Houston Rockets. But rarely do they actually pass the ball effectively. And I think it's one of the things that I dislike about the brand of basketball that the Houston Rockets are currently playing. Look, the other night... LeBron James, at the end of the game, got the ball on the left side of the court. He got a pass. There were two passes before he even got it. They were down by three, and LeBron James drove to the hole. I'm like, what the hell is he doing? There's like two seconds left, and he drove to the hole. But he kicked the ball out to Danny Green, who, of course, knocked down the three-point jump shot. And Danny Green, as we know is really clutch in big moments in basketball games. That's why the Lakers went out and got him. Heck, Danny Green got a got a ring last year with the Toronto Raptors. I'm just saying that teams that play like teams and actually know how to pass the ball um, are far more exciting to watch than just sitting there watching players play hero ball. Now, the Lakers are certainly guilty of this as well, as they pass the ball down into Anthony Davis, I think seven out of ten times last time in the last game I watched them play. <laughs> Anthony Davis to the left block. <laughs> that was that was the play. Um, so teams can learn a lot from what the Warriors did over the last five years, and I want to see more young. Uh, and veteran basketball teams understand the importance of passing the ball four times. Have you not seen the movie Hoosiers? I'm just saying. All right. Um, one last thing from the NBA uh, worth mentioning before we dive into your National Football League is there have been a rash of 25-game suspensions for violating the National Basketball Association's drug policies. Um, and the two most notable players to get dinged with this recently are John Collins of the Atlanta Hawks, which, by the way, the Hawks actually won tonight without Mr. Collins. And, of course, DeAndre Aiden was suspended as well. Wilson Chandler got suspended also. Look, there's been a bunch of basketball players in the NBA that have been suspended. Now, in the old days, they would have been suspended for... Let's say the kinds of substances you would have found at a New York nightclub back in the 70s and 80s. (laughs) I'm just saying, or in Vegas right now. 
they would have been suspended for those sorts of things. But today they're getting suspended for human growth hormones. A human growth hormones. Try saying that. That's what they're getting suspended for today. And it's all being done in an attempt to recover faster from injuries. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying that what players are being suspended for today is not what they would have been suspended for. And hell, they wouldn't wouldn't have been suspended anyways if they had just gotten home late uh, late um, one night from one of those fancy discos in, in New York City. All right, moving on to your National Football League North America. And it was a super exciting Sunday in the NFL. Now, taking a look at what happened on Monday night and Sunday, we're going to start with Monday Night Football, which had the New York Football Giants at home against the Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys went on to win that game, which wasn't surprising uh, uh, to anybody out there. Dak Prescott threw for 257 yards and three TDs and one pick. And Zeke, actually, for the first time this year, I thought actually looked like he was in, and I quote, midseason form. Uh, So the Cowboys rolled over the New York football Giants. Moving on to the Texans at the Jaguars. This game was the last game held in London so far this year, unless the Chargers decide they want to play the rest of their home games in London. More on that in a moment. Um, But uh, look, Deshaun Watson is the real deal. Bill O'Brien is a fantastic head coach, and Gardner Minshew deserved to be benched, which he was benched earlier in the day in favor of Nick Foles. For all of those people out there that are complaining about, about Gardner Minshew being benched, I cite the last five possessions of that football game. If you watch the last five possessions of that Jaguar football game, I don't care who you were, you were probably going to get benched. I mean, I think there's a, five quarterbacks in the NFL today who wouldn't be benched after those last five possessions. Garden Minshew does not have enough capital to put up those kinds of horrific performances where he it gets intercepted and fumbles the ball and makes bad decisions uh, one after another. Texans with the win, 26-2-3. See, uh, the, the Colts at the Steelers. Uh, Steelers went on to win that in a missed field goal by the soon-to-be-retiring Adam Vedentary. If ever there was a time, like, you're dragging the poor kid out onto the field, they're literally going to have to put him out in a wheelchair soon <laughs> to get Adam on the field. I'm just saying it is time for him to retire. Love, Adam. Yes, you're going to go into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, but it's time to call it a career, Adam. Um, The story, though, of the week in the National Football League was a story between two absolutely bad football teams. (laughs) The Dolphins, who were hunting for their first win, and the New York Football Jets. Now, as we all know, Adam Gase was the head coach of the Dolphins last year, and he got fired. 
And if you listen to any of the most recent podcasts on the Ramble, you know that I think he has absolutely no business being a head coach in the National Football League right now. I said Adam Gase needed to uh, go back to being an assistant coach in the National Football League. He needed to do that for a couple more years, see things, if you will, from a different lens. I do not understand what the heck the New York Jets were thinking. Why did they think that suddenly going from the lighter green of the Miami Dolphins to the uh, slightly darker green of the New York Jets was going to be any better? Like, did he learn anything from his poor performance in Miami? That was the question, and uh, clearly it has been answered as the New York football Jets are now one and seven. Like, did you see Sam Darnold in that game? <laughs> it's absolutely unbelievable. Like, you know, they always tell quarterbacks, they go, okay, you got to look down the field. Got to keep your eyes down the field at all time. And so, of course, Sam Darnold does that. He's, he's doing what he's supposed to be doing. But there also is this thing with quarterbacks that when their eyes are always down the field all the time, they basically end up seeing nothing. <laughs> and if you watch Sam Darnold, that's what it looks like. I mean, he overthrew people so bad that I thought the ball was going to end up in South America. <laughs> Sam Darnold was absolutely terrible. He's completely regressed. I mean, the only positive, if you're a New York Jets fan, that you can take from that game is that Sam Darnold only threw one pick, miraculously. And if you're wondering who the hell plays for the Miami Dolphins, uh, the answer is, quite frankly, I don't know. (laughs) I was like, um, how did the Dolphins actually win that game by eight? Now, we all know a lot of the uh, remaining players who have not uh, um, been part of the Dolphin exodus. (laughs) Or I should say the Dolphin migration away from Miami. The... Well, it was literally like one player a week for the first eight weeks in the National Football League season that a player just found a way to get his agent to actually get him out of Miami. I felt bad for the coaching staff, that which is a new coaching staff, and I felt bad for the players that were there that wanted to be there. So I'm glad they were able to sort of clear, clean house, and hopefully this will give uh, the new head coach and his coaching staff a chance to survive though I doubt it, but at least he's got a chance now. That being said, I was curious, as you might imagine. <laughs> and uh, so I took a look to see who the, who the leading you know, tacklers were in the game for the, for the Miami Dolphins. And as, as a fan of the NFL, I thought I knew just about anybody, but can somebody please tell me who the hell Jamal Wiltz is? And what about Nick Needham? I'm just saying, I have no idea who any of these players are. I recognized about 30% of the players on the Miami Dolphins roster. That is how bad that exodus has been for the Miami Dolphins. And I loved every second of that victory because Adam Gase does not deserve (laughs) to be in the National Football League this year. Eagles beat the Bears Um, Nothing surprising there. When your starting quarterback, Mitch Trubisky, throws for 125 yards, I rest my case, North America. Moving on to my Minnesota Vikings going into Arrowhead. Now, 
the Vikes traveled well. <laughs> I'm not just talking about the organization. I'm talking about the fans. Um, and there's a little bit of an interesting rivalry between the Vikings and the Chiefs. And the, and the reason for that is um, they end up um, practicing together usually um, every year during preseason. And so the fans um, have a chance to really sort of uh, understand who the Chiefs are in a, in a different way than they would if they went to Buffalo. So there's, um, and plus Kansas City, not that far away from Minneapolis. It's the kind of game where uh, fans from Minnesota are going to travel, uh, especially if it's, you know, kind of in the middle of the season, not towards the end of the season. You know, right before you have to decide what you're going to buy for the holidays. I mean, it's the first week of November, and I have no idea right now what the heck I'm even doing for Thanksgiving, let alone uh, what I'm going to be purchasing anybody for the holidays at this point. I'm just saying. Anyways, um, so great game. Great game. Uh, I would say this, that, um, and at times I'm very hard on Andy Reid for being outcoached. This was a case where Andy Reid basically outcoached, not Mike Zimmerman, but outcoached the Minnesota Viking offensive coordinator and the Vikings offensive brain trust, which includes Gary Kubiak now. I thought that the performance by Kurt Cousins, especially early in the game, was, was bad. You could, you could tell how hyped up he was. He still didn't throw any picks. He threw three TDs for 220 yards. Way better than anything a Chicago Bears quarterback has done so far this year. <laughs> I'm just saying, you got to give it to Matt Moore. You got to give it to Andy Reid for the offensive game plan that they put in place. But if you really get down to it and you really analyze this game, this game was lost because of poor play calling in the fourth quarter by the Minnesota Vikings. This loss is not on the players it's on the coaching staff, North America. Uh, Bills beat Redskins. Not much to say there other than Haskins. Uh, I feel for you, man. I, I really do feel for you. Titans at Panthers. Um, uh, one of the Allen triplets <laughs> continue to play well as the um, as Kyle Allen and uh, the Panthers um uh, went on uh, to win that game. Surprisingly enough, the Panthers are five and three, and they're in a position now, uh, looking out at potentially making it into uh, into the playoffs. As for the Seahawks, really disappointed in what they allowed Jameis Winston to do. It's a week in week out thing with Jameis Winston, and usually it's like three or four bad weeks and then a good week. And I guess maybe this was the Jameis Winston good week. I don't understand Jameis Winston. I don't understand how he goes from uh, looking absolutely horrible one week and then goes into really arguably one of the toughest places to play inside the National Football League. That sort of downtown stadium in Seattle. <laughs> I love how everybody calls it a downtown stadium in Seattle. Yeah, yeah. Technically, it's in downtown, but it's it's like on the edge of downtown in uh, in Seattle. Great stadium, by the way. Russell Wilson, 378 yards, five TDs, uh, overtime victory for the Seahawks. 
if any, if there is any sort of takeaway from this, you know, Russell Wilson being the um, leader in the most valuable player race this year, I, I think, you, you know, there's still a lot of games to play, but if you were to give it out today, Russell would probably um, beat out Lamar Jackson pretty easily at this point. That being said, that Seattle defense if it's going to get um, chopped up by Jameis Winston, I'm I'm just saying something did not look right with the defense in Seattle. And honestly, if you go back and look at the entire season, it's not as good as you think North America. It certainly is nowhere near the Legion of Doom. It's closer to doom, if you will. Lions at um, Raiders. Raiders went on to uh, to win that game. I mean, I think the real story of the Raiders so far this year, since they're four and four, the nomads of the National Football League who will be hosting here in the Bay Area, the San Diego, uh, Los Angeles, uh, London Chargers (laughs) on Thursday night. Um, I would love to see the Raiders actually win that Thursday night game. But it's the kind of it's the kind of year where you just don't know, do you? Um, continuing to talk about bad football teams, it was the Browns at the Broncos. Um, uh, you know, totally predicted this victory for the Broncos. Uh, I'm telling you right now, I am. If I were a defensive coordinator in the National Football League, the one quarterback who I would love to go up against right now would be Johnny Menzel. Ah, uh, excuse me, Baker Mayfield. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I would I would love to be the defensive coordinator going up against Baker Mayfield because he is doing nothing. He literally is absolutely he's even having a hard t- he's even having hard times handing off the ball. Um, there's no decoys. There's no um, pizzazz. There's no rollouts. They're not using him in any sort of creative way. Like, how did Freddie Kitchens get this job in the first place? The Browns are now two and six, and the most overrated, overhyped, bad franchise slash team in the history of the National Football League has to be the 2019 Cleveland Browns. Like, were they on the cover of Sports Illustrated? I mean, like, yeah, they've got some really cool uniforms, and yeah, on paper, they look good. But have you seen how bad they perform on the field? And why not use Odell Beckham occasionally? There was a play in that game towards the end of the game where Johnny Manziel drops back to pass. He doesn't even bother, doesn't even bother looking at arguably a potentially Hall of Fame wide receiver in Odell Beckham Jr. who had single coverage. And there was no... (laughs) <laughs> and absolutely no safety support. At least it didn't look like there was going to be any safety support. And does Johnny Menzel pay any attention to that? No. He hyper-focuses in on Jarvis Landry in the middle of the field. Subsequently, throws a pass into uh, the vicinity, if you will, of four Denver Broncos. Now, you know what happened there. The pl- the ball did not make it through the Bronco uh, shell uh, defense, if you will. Johnny Menzel, 
um, has the opposite problem of Sam Darnold right now. He gets too laser focused, doesn't open up his eyes, and they're not using him in any sort of creative way. Hey, maybe Freddie Kitchen should think about trying to roll Johnny Menzel out. I'm just saying, North America. Okay, so the biggest disappointment of the, of the day in the National Football League, right, really has to go to the Green Bay Packers and the Green Bay Packer fans who had about 80% coverage <laughs> of that stadium that the uh, LA Chargers currently play in. And it's a small stadium at that, first of all. Uh, but even if it was a 60,000, 70,000 uh, seat stadium, it was still going to be covered by about 80% because there are no fans of the LA Chargers in Los Angeles. If ever there's a team that has no following in the city that they're currently playing in, it is the Los Angeles Chargers. Nobody cares about them in L.A. Dean Spanos. A article came out earlier in the week suggesting that the Chargers have a chance to actually move to London and are actually considering a move to London, <laughs> which would cause all sorts of issues in the National Football League, and a lot of it would be related to realignment. Because you are not going to ask um, teams on the West Coast to fly all the way over there and play a division rival. Like, if there's a team that uh, could play in, um, in London and could be the new London franchise if they ever have one, it would be, you know, taking the Jacksonville Jaguars. And you wouldn't have to deal with any sort of realignment at that point. Um, Dean Spanos, of course, came out earlier today and denied, denied, denied. It's election day here in America, and he denied, denied, denied in the same exact fashion that he denied that they were going to leave San Diego in the first place. I'm just saying Dean Spanos has to be one of the cheapest billionaires on the face of the earth, North America. And I think Dean Spanos and the Spanos family, a lot of good people in that family. I'm just saying he's cheap. Um, um, but uh, that organization has to be looking at this and they have to be, they've got to have their hands in their faces. This is Philip Rivers last year of his contract. And let's face it, Philip is sort of starting to wind down anyways. They're four and five. They were able to miraculously beat the uh, the Green Bay Packers, who looked fantastic in, in the previous game that they played against uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. And I think it was just one of those letdown games. The, the, the Packers looked tired. Rodgers looked tired. Um, they couldn't get anything going. It's almost like they had no fight. There was more fight in the stands than there was on the field by the Packers. And honestly, the Chargers are just an okay, maybe a bad to okay football team anyways. So they were sort of still in the game, sort of throughout the game, even when they were down 19-3 to Aaron Rodgers, he still sort of thought, well, it's possible, right? So should the Chargers, should Dean Spanos make a interesting business decision and decide to move the Chargers outside of the country? <laughs> and I absolutely love that this came up because 
I do not know what the National Football League is going to do when those 15 fans of the um of the of the LA Chargers show up for those games next year. They've got 70,000 seats in a brand new stadium and they're literally going to have to give away the tickets. And I think even if they gave away 60,000 tickets, they still won't fill the lower bowl of that stadium. There is no support in Los Angeles for the Chargers North America. All right. Um, and then finally, the uh, the game of the uh, of the week, yeah, outside of the uh, Adam Gase nightmare uh, on on Miami Street, um, <laughs> the uh, Patriots um, at the Baltimore Ravens, um, and you could see this one coming. I mean. And in fact, I, I, I should have even, you know, predicted this um, weeks ago, but you could see it coming. Um, and Lamar Jackson, um, the Ravens, John Harbaugh, um, the whole um, organization um, in Baltimore, which is a really strong, I mean, like, I don't think we give the Ravens an, enough credit. I mean, they've won two Super Bowls. You know, in the last uh, like fifteen years, I'm I'm just saying they won a Super Bowl with Trent Dilfer. <laughs> uh, you know, you got to give it to any organization that can win a Super Bowl with Trent Dilfer. And let's face it, too have you have you seen anything out of Joe Flacco that says Super Bowl winning quarterback over the last five years? So the Ravens organization has been really solid for a really long time. What surprised me about the Ravens organization was when they did draft Lamar Jackson, which I thought was a great pick, and it was an absolute sham, sham, (laughs) that Lamar Jackson went so late in the draft. Number 32. Like, do you think the Jets and the Browns are regretting who they ended up drafting ahead of him? What about uh, the Rosen experiment? I'm I'm just saying in Arizona, do you really think do you, do you think the Arizona Cardinals would rather have Lamar Jackson right now than Kyler Murray? I'm just saying there's something really special about this kid. But I don't think he would been he would have been successful um in basically 20 other 28 other teams in the National Football League. He needed to land in the right organization that understood how to build a structure around him and his game. And that's exactly what the Ravens and John Harbaugh have been executing uh, really nicely so far this year at six and two. Um, As for the GOAT and the defense, I don't want to rip on the Patriots defense and I don't want to hit the uh, Patriots are no longer the top ranked team in the National Football League. It was almost like um, all of the um, sports blogs, all of the uh, major um, major media outlets in North America in North America couldn't wait to get their power rankings out, just taking down the Patriots as the number one ranked team in the National Football League. We've got to get them out of that first slot, which I think is ridiculous. I, I need to see another loss <laughs> by the Patriots before I'm going to even consider moving them out of my top spot in the National Football League. Either that or like the 49ers are at some point like 12 and 0 and you just have to concede at that point that a 12 and 0 team 
needs to be the top-ranked team in the National Football League as far as power rankings are concerned. So for the Patriots, I'm going to give them a little bit of a hall pass in this game. Lamar Jackson is difficult to um, to bring down, and, and that's being very kind. Look, I think as the season goes on, teams are going to devise some additional strategies, and I'm sure Bill Belichick... Uh, next time he sees Lamar Jackson, especially if it's a meaningful game, you're going to see a different outcome with the Patriots against the Ravens. But you could hear all of the cities in the National Football League outside of New England were cheering for that Ravens victory, North America. All right. Um, so a uh, super short ramble uh, for you all today, uh, we'll be back more um, later in the week with our um, week number, I don't know, nine and a half week, 10 National Football League uh, predictions. Uh, this next uh, month is going to be absolutely fantastic in the NFL. If you have a chance, and this is the last note, if you have a chance to watch James Harden play basketball, seriously, count how many times he goes to the free throw line and then divide those points or excuse me subtract those points from his total points and you'll be sitting there going yeah DeBaugh was right he scored 45 points but 25 of maybe 30 of those came from the free throw line there was nothing exciting about that in fact it was bearing on boring (laughs) all right North America thanks so much for tuning in to uh, the ramble for the ramble i am dave debaugh reminding you that you can't win a championship if you play for the carolina panthers and good luck north america because in this era of donald trump being your president trust me you're gonna need all the help that you can get